Welcome, adventurers, to the Epic Levels Mad Dungeon Podcast, where we use improv, nerd lore, and creativity to create fun and weird content for your games. I'm Steve Albertson, the most vicious and super muscular peanut M&M loving dragon warrior. And I'm Andrew, the Tiger Wizard, aka T-Wizzy, also known as Art Dorcas with the Wand of Orcus. 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 And I'm just making it up as I go along. I'm Rob, the Warlock Rock. Let's roll! Hey, hey, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Epic Levels Mad Dungeon Podcast. It is I, Andrew Tiger Wizard, and I'm joined once again by Steve Dragon Warrior. Steve Dragon Warrior was throwing axes, knives, bows and arrows. What else? Did you I ran fared it up. I also ate a 10-pound bucket of uh, chili cheese fries. I am ready to podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> Joining us today, uh, we have a very special guest. Um, Gavin Norman from Necrotic Gnome. Gavin, welcome to the show. Why well, not, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, so a uh, little um, behind the curtain, uh, me and Gavin have actually been working together uh, the past couple of weeks, um, putting together a Kickstarter for uh, a little project that you've been working on. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what Dolmenwood is. Yes. So um, Dolmenwood was conceived um, about 10 years ago, originally. Um, 2013 were the kind of original emails about the project. Um, so it's a, the original idea was a micro setting, or no, a mini setting, a forest, haunted forest mini setting was the original concept. Um, but now we're at a proper macro setting. Exactly. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say it's uh, the the concept of mini setting didn't last that long. Um, it was basically like a sandbox hex crawl kind of um, forest region. So it's it's not a campaign setting in the sense of like a full world, but it's a very detailed view on a region within a larger world. So um, focuses on the forests of Dolmenwood. Um, it's I think it's about hundred something miles wide. Um, has like a massive lake in it, lots of um, standing stones, ley lines, things like this. Um, and it's a hex map, so the map is divided into two hundred hexes. Um, two hundred so hexes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's be clear here. This Kickstarter is not for a hex map. <laughs> this Kickstarter. Why don't you tell everyone what is in the baseline? of the Dolmenwick Kickstarter because it's I mean hex map is there <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah that, that was just my attempt at preamble I guess um, <laughs> uh, speaking <laughs> speaking of preamble all right yeah. so I guess I should back up a little bit uh and remind our listeners that Gavin actually joined us for our old school essentials deep dive episode earlier this year uh along with Errol Otis um Matt Kelly and David Hoskins that was the episode where we came up with the idea of the best dwarf drawing contest, which is um, has been extended. So <laughs> it is extended through the end of this month. You still at the at the time that this is airing, you still have a week to get your um, to get your dwarf drawing in. So this is actually Gavin's second time. This is his the sequel episode to his guest appearance on the Old School Essentials uh, box set episode. So. I would like to um, 
you know, before we dive into the three books that are included in Dolmenwood, mm-hmm. as well as the miniatures that come with the the project, the pens, the uh, the amazing album, uh, musical album that comes with it. Now you're revealing like like, everything. Yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that comes <laughs> yeah. with this Kickstarter macro. Or- yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I would like to make a very because Necrotic Gnome is known for the you know phenomenal work of the old school essentials, and I would like to make it very clear to our listeners what the difference between old school essentials and Dolmenwood is. Can we go right. ahead and and clear the air because yeah, I know yeah. that there's a little bit of. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Is there confusion? I don't know. Let's clear um, the air, though. Yeah, I mean the the difference is, you know, old school essentials is a game, fantasy game based on the BX rules from 1981. Um, doesn't come with a setting other than the kind of, um, you know, vaguely built-in setting of like there are orcs, there are elves, you know, this kind of thing. Um, Dolmenwood is a, you know, I would say primarily is a setting, you know, like a hyper detailed setting, sandbox world. Um, it happens to use also rules based on the 1981 BX sets. Um, so rules wise, they're very similar. Few, which there's some, there's a few little changes though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'd say in terms of the core rules, most things are very similar. Um, in terms of like I. I often call it like the content of the game. So like when I say content, I mean things apart from the core rules, like the classes, races, um, monsters, spells, things like that, magic items. Um, in Dolmenwood, like one of the original kind of concepts of the creation was that all of that stuff would be pretty different. Um, so like in terms of the, like I'm calling them kindreds in Dolmenwood, like the kind of races that you can play, none of them are the same as in BX apart from humans. You gotta have humans um, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's always the baseline. Like yeah. I've been working on the game too, and it's like having the humans because that's what we are and what the players of the game yeah, will be. Yeah. So it's good to have like humans are like you know if you're fifty percent of strength, <laughs> yeah. humans are that baseline middle, right? So mm, then like yeah. trolls would be like seventy five percent and goblins like twenty five percent. I always think about humans in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, most of the monsters are brand new. Um, there's a lot of new kind of magic items. Um, there's some new classes. So, like, they get, the basic rules are the same or very similar, but the kind of content is very kind of different compared to the old school BX rules. Let's um, talk about the monsters. So mm-hmm. this Kickstarter um, comes with three books, right? So you have um, the the player's book. Uh, and then you also have an entire book that is dedicated to the monsters, right? Yeah. And, and then campaign you, book. And then you also yeah. have a campaign yeah. book, right? So digging into that, um, that monsters book, mm. um, my understanding is that these monsters are all based off of um, some like British folklore uh, creatures. Confirm or deny? Um, semi-confirm. All right, let's get into it. Everybody <laughs> knows about Bristol's gelatinous apes, right? Yes, <laughs> precisely. That, that's why I say semi. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say it's it's actually quite difficult to describe succinctly what what the kind of imp- influences of Dolmenwood are. 
like I often I often make the kind of analogy of like fairy tales or folklore, but that's only yeah. really kind of part of the the kind of ingredients in the mix. Um, so that I mean, there's a lot of kind of weird, like capital W weird fiction kind of stuff in the mix. Uh-huh. Um, some kind of psychedelia, um, you know, gelatinous apes, kind of for example, this kind of area, <laughs> for example, you know, like. Um, so it, it's it's certainly not a kind of pure like this is one hundred percent based on like English mythology, whatever. Um, can you can you tell me what like what's your favorite? Because there's a ton, right? There's a yeah. there's a whole book of monsters, right? Do you have one that's like your baby? Because there's some pretty there's some pretty weird and fun stuff in this monster book. I particularly like the one with like a cooking pot. Yeah, uh, on its uh, head. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorites. Is that one of your um, favorites too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess like three, three of my favorites that come to mind. One is the Barrow Bogies, which you just mentioned. So they're like little kind of waif-like, um, brown, wrinkly-skinned fairies um, who dwell like they they originate in the parallel world of fairy, but they come through and live in these barrow mounds in the mortal world um, where they like to hang out. Um, they're very, very fond of pies, so they're known as like pie thieves. They'll kind of sneak into um, uh, human worst kind of villain. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, and on on their shoulders instead of a head, they have um, a pot of some kind. Like so, it could be a kettle, like a cauldron, any kind of you know ceramic or metal pot. Um, and actually, underneath that, they have nothing. They actually have a head kind of thing. So the pot is just part of that thing. Um, yeah, who needs so re- one? <laughs> especially if you're a fairy right it's uh it's kind of another world with its own logic um so i really i really like those another one i like um is the mogul womp um which by the way i think i think you see that i think you see the kind of influence of um folklore and fairy tales there but not the not necessarily specifically you know there's not a fairy tale which discusses barrow bogies you know right um they had, so they have a kind of fairy tale feel, but they're not necessarily directly drawn from a kind of traditional fairy tale. Um, yeah, the, so the Mogulwump is a creature that is classified as a demi-fae, which means its ancestors were fairies, but they came to live in the mortal world of Dolmwoods like, you know, generations and generations ago. So they're kind of still magical, but they've lost that kind of immortality that they would have had as fairies. Um so mogulwomps are like you would encounter them on the road wandering along looking as a kind of slack-jawed kind of bumpkin type with a big straw hat, uh, just kind of mumbling about tea. Um, mm-hmm. So if if you if someone then invites them into their home or into you know an inn or a dwelling um, and, and gives them a hot beverage, then suddenly they kind of explode into this like leonine-like big furball kind of thing of like long stretchy limbs and neck um devour everyone in the dwelling or attempt to and then expand to fill it so the you know no matter how many rooms are in the dwelling their they're like limbs and tails and things will stretch and like fill this space with rubbery fur um so basically like making those. the home into their like hermit crab shell, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's the kind yeah. of thing. Um, yeah, it says uh, almost Studio Ghibli kind of vibes to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's actually a strong influence as well. Like especially um, Spirited Away, like that yeah. kind of um, 
also like kind of fairy tale derived, but not necessarily direct influence from specific fairy tales. Um, Gavin, have you ever heard of the yeah. uh, the House on the Rock? No, that thing I have. <laughs> okay, so I have to tell you about the House on the Rock. Yeah. Um, there. So me and Steve went last year. Um, Steve's been many times. It was my first time going. Um, post Game Hole Con, we went for uh, a day to go visit this place, and it's an eccentric artist who basically made this like crazy art thing. And um, one of the things that he does, which I find incredible. But um, I'm also seeing a parallel in what you've done with Dolmanwood is he takes um, objects, right? So, for example, he has a display of weapons, right? And um, he takes like regular historic weapons uh, and puts them on display as though it's like a museum, right? But then every now and then he just like makes something up and like puts a bunch of gun barrels on the end of a fish, Right. It's a, you know, and like, like, and and with all the regular guns. So it's like, it doesn't differentiate what's real and what isn't. You can't tell what like was a real folklore or what was, you know, an imagined one. And the thing is, is that when you see them all together, it doesn't matter. Right. Because all of them together is like kind of the thing that, uh, you know, inspires your imagination and like prompts you to like really get into the setting, you know, and get into, you know, the sort of, folk folk uh, lore kind of vibe of the dolman wood so um yeah good anyway, plug check- though andrew because our uh sea dungeon is based on uh house on the rock two so go purchase that product i wrote and andrew illustrated <laughs> as well um but gavin <laughs> more stuff on this too uh minis look awesome how did you decide what you were going to actually make minis out of for dolman wood versus uh not that's a lot um, to pick from. Yeah, well, obviously the kind of initial idea was let's make minis of everything, a set of like yeah. hundred plus, <laughs> like. <laughs> um, and then we were like, hmm, we've never actually made minis before. Maybe better to start <laughs> small, like. Um, so we decided to kind of, you know, we had a, had ideas of like what what you would get in different sets of minis, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. We brought it down to one set in the end, which is the real core thing, uh, which is the kind of character. Um, races and um, classes. Um, so all of the new um, character options, there's a mini for. So you know you've got for for the kind of human classes, you've got hunter, uh, a knight, minstrel, friar, which is like a kind of wandering, um, wandering non-warrior priest as opposed to a cleric that is a kind of warrior. Um, and I feel like I'm forgetting one. Yeah, no, the, and good. are they uh, goat-headed braggles and yeah, exactly. Uh, so for the grim- non-humans, there's <laughs> uh, like Grimalkin, which is kind of uh, there's actually two Grimalkin minis, which are like uh, cat fairies. Um, they can actually, it's interesting. The mini doesn't show this obviously, but they can transform into three different shapes. So the minis show them in their kind of humanoid form, but they could also transform into a, like a normal cat um, and lose their intelligence in the procedure. Um, or they can transform it in, in kind of dire straits. They can change into this like semi-invisible, uh, like fey energy form, which 
I guess semi-invisible. You can't make a mini of that. So let, let's just yeah. imagine the semi-invisible Gremlin right. in the set as well. <laughs> I've got a <laughs> I've got a, a a regular like miniature base, and that's my yeah, that's your invisible <laughs> yeah, Gremlin your fake Gremlin form. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's yeah there's two Bregel minis which are like sort of goat-headed humanoids, uh, which in Donald would live alongside humans in a particular part of the setting called the High Wald, uh, where the this this part of the setting is ruled by Goat Lords, there's three three kind of noble houses of these Bregels who've ruled this area for centuries. The Goat um, Lords, in my opinion, are the greatest of all time. Cool. <laughs> I follow greatest you. Greatest Goat Lords are the greatest anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've been slowly making my way through the Bible. We've talked about this here and there, but just uh, last week I was finishing up oh. Isaiah, which seems to be the most Dungeons and Dragons book of the Bible. But uh, there is one passage where it's in like two sentences where he's like, with Lilith and the goat demons. And I'm like, <laughs> I totally missed that in Sunday school class where we just didn't talk about all the goat demons in <laughs> the, fucking right. the Bible. Yeah, so bring on the goat lords. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the music, Gavin. What's up okay, with this cool. record too? Like, and this is what I'm saying. Like, so much stuff. That, and by yeah, the way, yeah. it's funded everyone by a lot. So, like, you're getting this stuff. There's no question about this at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you if you go to the Kickstarter right at the top, you can see like an image of everything, um, and it's nuts. I mean, it's it's really, really is everything. Yeah. So um, there's also there's dice that are coming yeah. with it. Um, GM screen T-shirt. Yep. T-shirt, yeah. T-shirt, uh, Kyle, Adventures. Patterson. Kyle Patterson, <laughs> yeah, the Adventures, artist, yeah. uh, is, is doing some amazing stuff um, for Dolmenwood. Yeah, um, man, I wish we could. I wish we could deep dive into each and every into one individual products. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think it would be really cool to pick your brain about what the second set of miniatures would be, because. There are a lot. And, all right. So we talked about the monster book a little bit. There's a lot of monsters yeah. that I would love to see a miniature yeah, of. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or maybe just like a whole book of fan art for, I don't know, both, you know? Yeah, but there's um, a ton of NPCs too. Like, yeah, so let's, yeah, we got like, to move to the next the, book. <laughs> if, the, if the kind of first mini set is successful, you know, if enough people want to buy it and, um, you know, the whole production and everything goes smoothly, then we would love to do more sets. Like I, I would just love to do like his a set of like every monster in the monster book. You know, that would be absolutely amazing. Um, All right, so you heard it here, folks. Go <laughs> to the Kickstarter right now. Make sure you <laughs> Make put sure the, you the miniatures on your add-on, or else we're never gonna get the headless pot cauldron-headed yeah. figure that we no all want. Lumps. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's let's dig into um, what do you what, what do you want to dig into? Oh, Steve, you wanted to ask the about music. the music. Yeah, yeah let's talk music. about the yeah, music. Yeah. So, um, like, I'm one one of my other hobbies is music. Like, I'm a kind of I don't know. I'm going to say I'm a vinyl collector. On on the scale of all vinyl collectors, I'm very low grade. Um, it's not like I have like rooms full of them. But I, you know, I I love my physical media and vinyl. Um, it's so, a, an affliction most of us have, and probably yeah. most people listening <laughs> yeah, to this yeah. is collecting physical media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, me and my family did a intercontinental move recently, and like, we were joking, but it was actually true. Most of our shipping container was physical media. 
Yeah. And it was like, ah, like a chair or something, you know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly about shipping books and vinyl across yeah, the world. I, I put all my <laughs> stuff into storage. Well, welcome to the US, by the way. Right, but I'm in Los Angeles, and I just moved my stuff like across yeah. the country again. And I was just like, chairs, get rid of it. Bed, I'll buy another one. And then yeah, everything else exactly. is just like, yeah, books, comic vinyls, books, yeah, 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 like comic books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which uh, to be but, fair, you right. could buy again, but it would be real hassle to buy it hundreds is, well, yeah. and hundreds of items together. <laughs> um, oh man, I I'm not going to show you, but I just uh, also brought out all of my old tapes, like cassette tapes from nice. like like <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm into it. Uh, but what is the Dolmenwood <laughs> vinyl record? Like, who did it? What is what does it sound like? How should we use it? How are you going so, to use um, it? I'd I'd kind of heard of RPGs having like an associated record before and i always kind of thought ah it's maybe a bit of a gimmick i don't know and then one day i was listening to um just a recommendation someone posted on one of the dolmwood communities on discord i think uh the artist tales under the oak and like one track into his album you know like a minute or so into it i was like oh my god this is dolmenwood um <laughs> like, you know it, i'd never had that experience before at all you know like hearing something that was just so literally like this is it um so I, you know i immediately wrote to him um and said like you know i'm doing this building up to do this kickstarter making this campaign setting you know send him some a couple of pdfs of the books and things like this to have a look at would you like to do a soundtrack album for it um he he was super into it so like from there we just kind of discussed like what would be we did it. We did it based on like what are the main kind of themes in the book. So like we chose out. We chose some of the like major factions and the major sort of regions of the setting, um, and then he created a track for each of those. Um, so it's I'd, I'd say it's like you could use it like while you're playing the game. You know, if you're in if you're in Mulch Grove, say the Fungal Forest, you could go to the album and you have a track that is about that part of the forest um or like if you're if you're kind of interacting with some npcs from the church faction there's a track for them uh, obviously, you know, obviously it's a limited album so there's not a track for everything um also just as inspiration you know i just love listening to the album in its own right you know as music um so as a kind of like i remember when when i was talking with the artists like the word mystical kept coming up all the time um so kind of yeah mystical like kind of um yeah sort of fairy tale synthy kind of atmosphere um remind if if you've heard the tangerine dream legend soundtrack kind of reminds me a bit of that in the vibe um not necessarily the sound specifically but the kind of atmosphere of it um that's a, that's a big favorite of mine tangerine dream and legend so um that that vinyl album um, will be a part of the Kickstarter and you can go, we'll put a link down in the show notes. You can go and check out some of tales. Uh, it's tales from under the Oak tales or, under the Oak. Yeah. yeah. Tales under the Oak. Um, so we'll have uh, a link so you can check out some of his other work. And I think that that's um, at, at this point, is there any, are, are any of the songs from, uh, the vinyl available for like sampling at this point uh yeah he did a um kind of two or three minutes sort of uh preview of like snippets of tracks from the album 
on YouTube. If you just search on YouTube for Tales yeah. Under the Oak. Um, also, no. if you go to the Kickstarter and you um, play the video, right? right. So the Dolan yeah, Wood video yeah. also has uh, probably one of my favorite tracks on, like embedded it so you can sort of hear a little bit of it and actually seeing the video like the moving images with the you know the sound really sort of gets you into the vibe yeah so yeah. um speaking of getting into the vibe um what do you say we all get into creating a little bit of uh adventure on our own all right steve take her away all right so gavin welcome to the epic levels mad dungeon podcast season two in which we are going to make a mad dungeon room uh so the way that this is going to work is we're each going to roll a d6 uh that d6 will tell us uh what kind of word uh for us to say off top of our head don't even think hard about it uh either a noun verb or adjective i'll tell you what it is after the roll uh, then we'll go into our first segment, which is initial thoughts, where we'll talk about what these words remind us of, our lifetimes of nerdy pursuits and crazy amounts of uh, physical media that we own have, will influence <laughs> what we talk about. Uh, yeah. Then we'll uh, take a break. When we come back from that break, we will then have you roll another D6 that'll tell us the type of room that we're going to make. Uh, so the initial thoughts things are just like, what do we think of? Let's not think too hard about it. It's like a brainstorming session. Just throw things against the wall. What do we like? What do we not yeah, like? What music does this make you think of? What, what old movies does this word make you think of? What? I don't know. It just keeps reminding me of Tales Under the Oak. Um, and <laughs> then... <laughs> it keeps reminding me of Dolman Woods, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Why once we... Have... Now. Yeah, get it now. Uh, so once we figure out what kind of room it is, we will discuss what it is. We'll get a good idea of what that is. We'll move into a section called finishing features where we'll each put a stamp on it, like something that uh, we want to see in that room. Normally something we want to see Andrew draw, like once to get to the illustration part of yeah, uh, yeah, this sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> You know, not always, you know, there's uh, some things make it the cut, some things don't. It's just the, I, after we're all done too, I also like break down this hour conversation into uh, 200 words, which is, uh, as a writer, an insanely small amount of uh, place to put things. Um, once we have all of our finishing features in there, we will then name the room and that'll be it. And then we'll just uh, have an outro and uh, take it out. Gavin, are you ready to dive into the Mad Dungeon conspiratorium i'm ready i've got my 10 foot pole in hand yeah pretty sure that's not a word but whatever uh let's, let's roll some it. dice yeah tiger why don't you start us off roll us a d6 all right here we go big money daddy wants a new pair of shoes i rolled a one one is a noun a person place object idea i'm going to say cauldron cauldron we're going back to cauldrons. that thing with a thing on the head gavin let's get a roll from you d6 okay. I have rolled a one as well. Ah, a noun for you as well. Sadness. Uh, sadness personified, the idea of sadness. I don't know, you just you said a, like a person or an idea, something yeah. like that. So I'm into it. I love it. Like sadness deep. Uh, I'm rolling. Six is an adjective. Um, and I'm going to say uh, fey-like. Hyphenated, hmm. fey-like. 
Fayish. <laughs> Fayish is that a? I think, yeah, I, sure, think right, fay, right. I think Fay itself is the. Fay is the right. adjective as well. Yeah, right. It, you know, in D and D spheres, it's often used as a noun, but I think actually it's an adjective, isn't it? I think right. you're right. Fay. When they say someone looks Here. Fay, yeah. yeah, yeah Here exactly. we go. These are our words: cauldron, sadness, Fay-like. Let's go ahead and jump in to our first segment: initial thoughts. Right out the gate, the creative juices flowing. Initial thoughts now. Let's get the show going. All right. Let's dive on in. Uh, I'll start. I hardly ever start. I'll jump in this thing. Go for it. Um, jump in Cauldron. The I immediately go to a film from my childhood, The Black Cauldron, which Black I don't Cauldron. Know. I don't know if it holds up or not. I just remember the villain being quite creepy. And the idea of, uh, so we have Fae Light, Cauldron, and Sadness. Uh, a Cauldron of Sadness is sounds like a uh, insanely horrifying magic item. So even in the Black Cauldron, I remember just them stirring things into it and like this mist coming out of it. So maybe uh, Cauldron of Sadness seems like a a good MacGuffin for an adventure, right? Like something yeah. like someone's trying to get the Cauldron of Sadness going. Uh, the, the, sad- the black the, or not the black, the uh, the horned king from the Black right. Cauldron is like to this day, my spirit animal. I don't I don't know if we're allowed to say spirit animal anymore. Uh, the personification of my hopes and dreams is the horned king from the Black Cauldron. Yeah, and I remember more the little goblin lackey. Oh uh, yeah, for the Horned King, which yeah. is a lot of fun. Uh, which goblin Aldrin again? Yeah, right. Like so, I haven't I, seen I, it. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I, like it, when you said the Black Calder, I was like, I'm gonna watch that again. Like it, it completely gone out of my consciousness. Same. <laughs> I wonder if it holds up. I. I have right. my suspicions. <laughs> I, so not to during the during the pandemic, I we good to go. During the pandemic, uh, Becky had not seen it, so we um, we we watched it. It was my like rewatch, and you know it is a little bit it is not quite as heavy metal as i remember it from when i was a kid it's you know it's a kids movie but it is it's still pretty dark um and i think still pretty good so i i definitely would recommend the rewatch um so going back into my initial thoughts with this too i also like the idea of uh like a fey like cauldron also seems like it would be something that pierces the veil between the human world and the fair fey and spirit realm maybe so maybe it brings forth spirits of sadness or we just talked about the black cauldron like maybe like sadness goblins or something uh also can come through it so i think those are my initial thoughts of it uh where i was at uh gavin what do you think of when uh we have the words cauldron sadness fey um yeah, I mean, so actually, the I also had kind of connected the cauldron of sadness, like those two words, like that somehow the cauldron itself is containing some kind of substance of sadness somehow. Um, right, so we're all we're all on the same page because I yeah. also went there. Right. Okay. Nice. Carry yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, one th- one thing that just came to my mind actually was that the cauldron itself is fate. So maybe the cauldron itself is some kind of. I don't know if it. I don't know if it would be like a living being, but some kind of semi 
like a sort of it has its own kind of sentience in itself like a you know like a kind of sentient magic item um okay kind of picture of like the cauldron itself having like a sort of face on it or faces maybe multiple faces around different sides of it um yeah definitely um thinking the cauldron like the sort of liquid in it could have some kind of scrying thing like speaking of old movies i watched um beastmaster yeah a frequent film that comes up on this show right (laughs) again something i hadn't seen for decades i think actually um more brutal than i remember very iconic yeah it's very dark isn't it yeah Yeah. um and of course in that you know there's a lot of scenes of these witches kind of scrying around this like pool or cauldron kind of thing um so that that the word cauldron is um bringing that to my mind as well like yeah, as he was saying, some kind of scry or looking through into another world. Um, I guess I'm imagining the, with the kind of sentience or animatedness of the cauldron, I'm imagining it kind of having legs that it can kind of leap around and dance around the room. Maybe it can even Ooh. climb onto the ceiling. You know, it can climb walls and walk across the ceiling, and the liquid inside, you know, magically stays within it. Um, doesn't doesn't just slosh out onto the floor. Um, like it always magically stays in there. I love that. Uh, Gavin, before we go to Andrew's uh, initial thoughts too, when uh, you, you talked about faces on the cauldron, I really yeah. like that. What do you imagine when you think about the personification of sadness? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting have? one. I, um, I guess, I guess one thing that comes to mind, I mean, it's, it's kind of, um, what's that? Tax. Artax. Artax. Oh, from the never oh, ending story. The horse. Yeah. Artax. <laughs> yeah. Artax, Artax yeah. the horse. Yeah. <laughs> but what but what do you like without without that influence, what do you what do you think of at the person I have something in my head too, but I don't mm. want to say it to I think I mean I think of a kind of weird like um uh sort of mythical kind of like opposites, you know, the sort of almost like the like two masks or something like that, like the mask of sadness and the mask of happiness or like kind of brings to mind um labyrinths like the kind of two doors i think yeah. in that case they're not sad and happy but no like, they're one always lies and like, one always yeah, tells yeah, the truth exactly yeah, yeah. that's it um <laughs> but you could have you know maybe in this room there are kind of objects that have this personification of sadness and then there's the like happy thing as a contrast to that oh, i like that too those opposite side for me i just immediately go to eeyore <laughs> Oh. Sadness. I don't know why. Like it's like right. back to Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Um, and is there anything you wanted to say about Fey stuff? Um, I like the idea of things, things coming out of the cauldron as well. Um, I mean, maybe maybe the cauldron, like we talked about, it kind of scrying into another sort of another world, or being like a kind of maybe the kind of liminal sort of barrier between two worlds. Maybe it is this other world that it kind of connects to is like a dimension of sadness, something like that. Um, oh my God. Can you imagine a so dimension like, of sadness? I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like kind of Hellraiser, but for sadness rather than pain, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, we also, also like something to talk that, about yeah. Hellraiser a lot. Comes up. Five or six things come off in every episode. It, it yeah. might be. Yeah. Well, Clive Barker is also how I learned to read. So like, oh, the wow. heart is one of my first things I read when I was like right. 13. I'm like, Oh, Jerking off and murder. This is, books are great. Yep. <laughs> Andrew, uh, what are your uh, initial thoughts? 
All right, so I'm going to repeat a lot of things. Um, Cauldron of Sadness, right? Immediately, I was like, oh, yeah, Cauldron of Sadness. Um, Obviously, I also went to the Black Cauldron. um, Like I said, the Horned King, you know, um, it's a huge influence on my aesthetic tastes uh, as a young man. But I also, I I love the little goblin guy, Creeper. Um, That guy was... um, hilarious and also i i think thinking about gavin's like opposing happy and sad like that character in the movie and i have the advantage of having seen it recently so you know deal with it um uh he is kind of like a happy he's like so happy to be like doing this evil shit for his master you know and he's like yeah, kind doesn't of, he get like kicked in the face all the time, oh, like, all oh, the time. he's just like getting kicked downstairs and stuff yeah but he's like so happy with his black eye you know he just loves it Right. And then on the other hand, you know, the Horn King's like, ah, oh, fuck this shit. Oh, OK, yeah, stupid. You know, all that stuff, you know, kid stuff. Yeah. You know, kid stuff <laughs> for the for the Disney films. Right. Um, and um, and and so, you know, that uh, that guy kind of stuck in my mind uh, when Gavin was talking about the like opposing faces. And then also when we we're talking about the cauldron itself like being sort of fey this image of the horned king picking up they're not actually they're more like pixies really so like tinkerbell style you know and like dropping them into the cauldron i was like oh that's a cool image to think of like this evil thing like putting you know maybe as a cutting board and he's hacking pixies up and then throwing them in the cauldron or then we were like, oh, there's a face on the cauldron. And I was like, oh, what if it's not one face, but it's like a mold of like living pixies creating a cauldron. And I was like, that's kind of messed up, but cool. Um, and then um, from there, like the idea of it having legs kind of put uh, into my head um, the, from the movie uh, Willow. So like there's a, a a thing in Willow that um, towards the end of the movie gets animated by some some stray magic and starts like clopping around the uh, sacrificial altar where Bav Morda is trying to like do the ritual on um, Alora Dannon. Um, and that thing came to my like that thing also uh, as a young man, young person, um, uh, somehow was like scarier than the trolls. Like in the trolls, like getting their flesh ripped off in that movie was pretty intense. But this like, like kind of wobbling, walking. I think there was eyeballs in it. I don't remember. Uh, Man, I'll bet you Beauty and the Beast was rough for you to get through. No, Beauty and the Be- Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> like, and, you know, uh, there's also like in Beauty and the Beast, like all the animated like furniture like items if you go back and and look at that movie beauty and the beast um they're basically just mimics right there's like there's like some straight up wait you think they're treasure chests no there's like some straight up treasure chests in that scene where all the villagers come in there's straight up treasure chests that like swallows a human right in beauty and the beast like you can't tell me they didn't get that shit from dungeons and dragons all right. Anyway, that's I my that's initial, thoughts. initial yeah. thoughts. All right, <laughs> let's go ahead and take yeah. a quick break, and uh, we'll we'll recap when we get back. Well, we sounds go. good. All right, quick break. 
Ahoy! Show buddy Hambone here to chat you up about the Vintage RPG Podcast, where every Monday, Stu and I will hit you with a new topic ranging from Beck Me to the Black Hack and everything in between, including new RPGs, books featured in Appendix N, board games, D&D toys, and so much more. We even have a guest or two from time to time, so check out the Vintage RPG Podcast every Monday, wherever podcasts are found. Hey, Jim. Have you heard that new podcast where those two silly guys talk about D&D? Is that the one where a wizard who is a professional train builder and another wizard who's a caretaker of the legendary fungin and they talk about all things fantasy and D&D? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I have, Sean. I think it's us. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, I thought it sounded familiar. Greetings, adventurers. We invite you to listen to our podcast, 13-Sided Die. Our goal is to entertain you with our fun and in-depth discussions about D&D, fantasy, and everything in between. Come sit by the fire. You're safe here. We'll keep watch. We hope you enjoy 13-Sided Die. Available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we are back with our guest, Gavin Norman of Necrotic Gnome. I'm sorry, Necrotic Geonome. No, it is Necrotic (laughs) Gnome. Um, And we are in the Mad Dungeon section. Our words today were sadness, cauldron, fey. Uh, Things that we talked about uh, were... Uh, the movie, The Black Cauldron, a lot of talk a about lot. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Horn King from that. Uh, the Cauldron of Sadness, all three of us. This is probably what this thing's going to be called no matter what we do at this room. It's feels, it feels good. It feels it right. Feel good. A Cauldron yeah. of Sadness. Uh, talked about it potentially being uh, actual fey or uh, fey-like. Piercing the realm between heres, uh, humans in the fairy realm. Uh, Gavin talked about uh, maybe it contains an actual substance of sadness or uh, is a portal to a dimension of sadness. Uh, We both kind of talked about maybe things come out of it, sadness goblins or something along those lines. Uh, Gavin talked about the cauldron itself being sentient and being able to run around uh, up the walls on the ceiling, but the contents never fall out. I love that imagery. It's so good and that the cauldron itself has a face on it, maybe multiple faces. Andrew said it potentially a bunch of fairies, uh, cast in the iron. Um, I'm, I'm also just kind of leaning towards a face. I, maybe the cauldron even talks. I don't know. Um, we talked about witches in uh, Beastmaster and the potential witches in here. A lot more Horn King from uh, Andrew. Um, Andrew talked about uh, how things turning, <laughs> being able to walk really freaked him out in uh, Willow. Um, and uh, we got into some Beauty and the Beast stuff and that. Uh, no way the creators of Disney's Beauty and the Beast were not highly influenced by Dungeons and Dragons mimics in particular. Um, and we're so back. Join, yeah, join us Join us next week when Andrew gives another stunning uh, review of several films from his childhood. <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead and figure out uh, what kind of room we're actually going to be making here. Uh, Gavin, can we get you to roll another D6? Yep. Big money. Six. Oh my gosh. Uh, six is a puzzle. So uh, this is a fun one for us. Uh, It's always a complicated one. Almost uh, sometimes does ends up not being a puzzle at all, but it's a good way (laughs) to start. Uh, Big things with the puzzle is for you, Gavin, and just a reminder for all of us, a puzzle is not a trap. A puzzle does not uh, spring on you and then murder you. Puzzle normally is something where the uh, players will 
get through it and then have some sort of reward and feel good for having figured out whatever the thing is that they need to have uh, figured out. So uh, I guess before we get started in this thing, Gavin, do you have, uh, as a writer and a game player, do you have a uh, feeling about puzzles and games? Do's and yes. don'ts? Massive love. Um, yeah, I mean, that actually puzzles are one of my favorite kind of aspects of role-playing games. Um, oh, cool. I love, the, I love the kind of exploration kind of side of the game, especially. Like, uh, you know, players going in and interacting with all, all these kind of weird, mysterious kind of dungeon features. Um, and obviously kind of tricks and puzzles really play into that a lot. Um, I really I really go with the uh, BX um, room stocking table, like, Actually, yeah, literally, I don't know if this is how you guys have it set up, but you roll a six, you get a special, which is often some kind of trick or puzzle. Um, so that, you know, that uh, makes sure you have like one in six rooms in the dungeon has some kind of weird special thing going on in it. All right, well, let's make a room with something weird and special going on in it, uh, specifically with our cauldron with potential uh, horned masters with goblin <laughs> sidekicks and maybe some witches in the cauldron uh so puzzle room yeah do you have any ideas for this andrew what are you thinking well so um a cauldron room to me makes me think like okay so there's this cauldron this cauldron can walk around um right it's a sentient cauldron um and maybe this room has uh you know, maybe this cauldron is like going around adding its own ingredients to it, right? So it can, you know, it's it's sentient. It can like kind of pick up things and put them put them into it, you know? But like, why is it doing that, right? So the, I feel like the reason it's doing that is because it wants to open a portal to release the realm of sadness onto the realm of humans, right? That's my, that's my instinct is that the cauldron of sadness wants to open a portal to, uh, the, you know, the, the fey realm of sadness. Um, I don't know how the puzzle fits in there though. I have ideas. Oh, okay. Gavin, do you have any ideas? Um, I guess, I guess quickly I can throw in a couple of ideas. We don't have to include them, but I was thinking that there could also be an aspect where, the uh, you know I'd say about happy sadness, this like duality, where the cauldron could potentially be flipped to a cauldron of happiness, and the whole dimension of happiness could be, you know, ah. dimension of sadness could be switched to another dimension. Um, I like another that. idea I had for a puzzle was that there are several like doors in the room with different iconography or designs or faces or something like that, and the puzzle is to try to figure out how to open these doors or something like that. Oh, can we can we do it together? So my idea like with this is think about it as like a cube, right? And we already said this cauldron has like spider climb or something, right? So it could go. So when you move as a player, maybe the room shifts with you, right? As it goes onto like one of the six walls, floor, ceiling, northeast, southwest, whatever. And as it moves, the whole room shifts, right? Like in like the movies where it's like it doesn't actually shift, but you walk on it like from one to up to the side of the wall and the thing moves and maybe the cauldron moves with it. Right. So the puzzle is how do you catch up to the cauldron? And maybe part of that is these doors like you're talking about Gavin. 
And then when you're talking about ingredients, Andrew, I like the idea of potentially the ingredients being the emotions of the player characters. So somehow the cauldron has this duality to it where one side always lies and one tells the truth. Not that. One side is trying (laughs) to suck your happiness into the cauldron while the other one's trying to suck your sadness into the cauldron. And once it has, once it meets whatever it's trying to meet, it will unleash whatever the cauldron wants to unleash. Thoughts. I like it. Um, so the all right. So the cauldron had all right. So here's where we're at. Call we have a cauldron. It's a it's a mobile cauldron. Um, it has a it has a dual it has dual sides to it. Right, one side is constantly trying. Okay, so this is kind of cool. All right, so one side of the cauldron is constantly trying to like fill the cauldron with the stuff to brew a portal to the realm of sadness. The other side of the cauldron, fighting against it, right, uh, is trying to put the ingredients into the cauldron to open a portal to the realm of happiness, right? Um, and so the cauldron is kind of fighting itself and the players have to figure out how to like what to like assist, right? Because mm, like flip it one way or the other. Or maybe just to right. turn it off. Like right. too much yeah. of any yeah. one thing is uh, <laughs> you know. True. I sure, mean actually it but, could be a world changer, couldn't it? You know, if this if this portal really opens, do you want the whole world to be sad? Do you want the whole world to be happy equally? Like um can you truly know happiness if you don't know sadness? Exactly. Let's get philosophical with it. <laughs> wow. This is deep. No. Almost as deep as this cauldron is full yeah. of bubbling. But I, but I also like the idea of like gaining ingredients. Like one side is like telling you jokes or something. And then when you laugh, it like gets a little bit of your soul like into the cauldron, right? Another one can like maybe like scrying goes in there and they're like, Remember that moment that you wrote in your backstory when you're like your parents died in a robbery and the pearls fell on the ground or whatever, and the sad part like can bring That's up Batman. You're talking about Batman. Yeah, you know you you played role playing <laughs> games, uh, <laughs> exactly. And then so maybe this the cauldron can tap into your memories or something. Is it, it's a fun way to bring the player character, give the player characters more agency. Mm-hmm. in this scenario one thing i'm wondering is how um how you would make this work in terms of like game mechanic or how the dm would kind of run this um you know like on on paper it's all very well to say you know it sucks happy memories or sad memories but like actually what would that look like at the table like how would the dm run that um I mean, I, I'd say ask a player, right? Or yeah. you mean like mechanically, would it be like it's a will save or, you know, save versus... No, I mean, more more just like, um, yeah, just what, what would the, how would the DM present this or like how, how would they decide whether a player's like happy or sad memory would, uh, would be sucked out kind of thing? I think this is kind of the puzzle, right? Like it should be on the player character when they make a decision to solve the puzzle, they... Maybe it's like three, right? Like maybe it's a good, bad, or neutral, and they don't have to do one. But if they do, like when they try to solve the thing and they get it wrong in one way, they have to give up a happy memory and just let the player 
say what it is and then you get some more backstory or have the player say a uh, bad memory and then you get some backstory. It's almost like a flashback. Uh, not to Andrew. like, yeah, not to like completely uh, dismiss the idea of this thing feasting on memories, but I wonder if having the ingredients to the cauldron being physical things around the room would uh, allow for the players to interact physically with, you know, some of these items, right? So like if this thing crawls across the room and, you know, picks up some hay and throws it in and stirs it. Oh, it stirs itself too, right? Yeah. Oh, it definitely <laughs> stirs yeah, itself. It's, yeah. It definitely stirs itself, <laughs> yeah. right? Like so it, it does that. And then there's like a poof of like, you know, black or purple smoke that like has a noxious smell to it. And then it's, you know, the other side is like scampering over to the other side and it throws some pink dust in and it's like pleasant. And that can like give the players a clue like, oh, like stuff over on this side of the room feels good. Stuff over on this side feels bad. And then if they overwhelm it by putting, you know, uh, all of the good stuff. Right. In it, or taking away the bad stuff or yeah. Yeah. yeah, or like trying to prevent the mm. the thing from getting to, you know, put the bad stuff mm. in. Yeah. It gives it um and not to like not to once again shit on the memories thing, but let's not forget that two episodes ago we had the memory tree <laughs> which was uh digging into um you remember Steve our episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, and yeah, okay. but I mean I think this is a different thing, right? Cuz it's not like your player character's memories. You were getting the memories of like NPC. I mean, I guess you could potentially get your player character's memories in that, but I wouldn't worry about other stuff we've done at all. And I think it's different enough. I just like giving PCs something to feel like part of it. And like that it's not totally outside of them. Right. I guess sure. it could be both, right? Like you could, yeah. the, the kind of basic thing that PCs come in and they see this thing, picking out these objects alternately good and bad Gavin. things. They might figure out. Gavin, did you just suggest why not both? Why not both? The yeah, way we do both. things here—that yeah. is our catchphrase of the yeah. show. Andrew's right. particular. <laughs> All right, why not like, both? And and they could figure out like, oh, if I refocus on some memory from my life, then that can also. I believe um, there's something similar to this in both Labyrinth and Return to Oz where they go into a room and there's all these items from like their childhood or their like oh. when she goes to the garbage dump, she's like, oh, my music box from a thing. And then return to Oz, they were collecting all of these ornaments and they had to figure out like which ones were, it's kind of a dumb ending. Okay, no, actually, Steve, what you're getting at right now is pretty great. All right, so why not both, right? So the all of the stuff that's like on either side are like items that correspond to the PC's past, right? So like items, so like you walk in there and all, like all of like the blank tables suddenly are filled with all of your player characters, good and bad memories, right? So um, you, the, you know, the, the game master or the storyteller will, you know, ask each of the players to like give them, you know, something from their backstory that represents like a good memory and something from their past that represents a bad memory. And then they come in and they see these things and this cauldron is running back and forth trying to throw those things, whoops, trying to throw those things and stir them into its cult, you know, into its fayish cauldron. Thoughts? I like that. And okay. the question then is, what is the puzzle? Good. Oh, that's a great question because it is a puzzle, right? Yeah. So how do you solve this room? 
Hmm. I mean, one thing I'm wondering, are, are players aiming to um, like stop? We've talked about different different things that the cauldron can do, like the liquid in it. Are they aiming to stop something coming out of the cauldron? Or are they aiming maybe to get into the cauldron, you know, that it's a portal to somewhere that they want to go, like the next room or something? Or is the puzzle something else entirely that the cauldron is more just a kind of weird obstacle that stops them progressing to the next area, something like that? I guess hmm. if they, like, they ignore it, then... Then, like, it's either going to be, like, you know, everyone gets that blast of ecstasy of, you know, happiness or everyone gets that blast of, you know, sadness. And then the whole world is just covered in it. Then you're just playing, what, Merkberg at that point? Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so typically with a puzzle comes a reward of some kind, right? Solving the puzzle correctly reveals some reward. Um so uh, I feel like if we wa- if we were like really were able to think about it, we could think of something that makes sense for like solving the correct ingredients, you know, for like happiness and sadness. Um, but it could also just be, you know, some treasure or <laughs> magic sword. Or I mean, something. the treasure could be good anyway. Like if you get some item afterwards that can uh, create an item for like once a day for like you're hanging out like castle guard right and you could come up with an item that is either something that brought them great happiness or great sad it's like amelie right like when she goes in and finds like the old little toy for the guy in like her apartment and brings it back to him and oh yeah just gets this like overwhelming joy so yeah that's a yeah okay so um yeah. What if the uh, what if the like the reward is you get like a small you get like a dice pouch that you can draw from it, um, either something that brings somebody great happiness or something that brings someone great sadness, right? Yeah, maybe it's a 50-50. Maybe you don't know what you're pulling out when you go in there, which is also a lot of fun. You know, it's going to affect them, fun. but like. That's that's a cool magic item, yeah. That's a really open ended then as well, like a pouch that you can produce. You don't know what what you're going to yeah. pull out, even it'll just be something that affects the person that you're giving it to, with either that's... joy or sadness. All right, guys. So here here we are. Um, this is what we've got so far, right? And then I think at this point we can probably move over to finishing features. And but let me know if there's something else we need to discuss before we get there. Steve, you want to say something I, before? I... I think I have the puzzle. I think I have what the puzzle is. Oh, Uh, unless yeah, all right, yeah, no, go ahead. So we could go back to my idea of like it can crawl on all six sides, right? And then you could also like in the movies walk on whatever sides as well, right? So it gets real weird about where gravity is or whatever. But maybe on each side has one item from each of the player characters, right? And if it gets each, so they have to name like six items, like three good, three bad, something like that. But if it can put all of the six all six items into of one of the characters things into it then if the sadness one wins then it's all sadness if there's more sadness than good in there and if it's all good or so either all sadness or whatever has more good more or more sad or more happy then it unleashes the uh world ending happier sadness so like there's that that's the clock right but if you could catch the cauldron uh, before it does that, then you can 
negotiate with it and it'll give you the thing. Something along those lines. Yeah, that's fine. I, I was thinking more like if if you can use like a little bit of, uh, you know, like like you go to the wherever these items are and you feed it the ones that you want, you know, but I, I think I like that. I think that sounds good to me. Gavin, you got thoughts on that, on how to make it more or less puzzly? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of um, you could almost kind of run it where you roll randomly each like game turn whatever which direction the cauldron goes yeah you know, and therefore which objects it grabs um i like the idea of the pcs kind of chasing it around the room trying to catch it yeah. um i think oh, maybe they think, need to pull their things back out of it <laughs> right yeah that that would be a cool option that they're just sloshing around in that um i guess i don't know i don't know if it's obvious to pcs what they have to do that's the only yeah and it is um, uh, it, the thing that's sort of missing is like what, you know, like there, you know, with puzzles, there's usually like there's a, a, a catch somewhere like you put the key in the lock, you turn it, it clicks. And I don't really know what the click is that reveals this magic item that lets you pull forth. Right. You know, this, yeah. this random mm. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it this thing talks. Right. And yeah. you come into the room and you see all of these items from your past. And based on it, it says you must put X number in where X is the number of players. Right. And so each player puts uh, either a good or a bad memory item in. And then the uh, you know, if you get if you get more good than bad. Or more bad than good. I don't know what the actual, you know. Uh, solving yeah, the, the weird thing is, is like there's litter. Uh, it's an even number, no matter what you do. Like always, <laughs> it's also like a a weird way to do it, right? So maybe if it gets all so three good, three bad, because there's six sides, right? Like maybe it's just easier, right? Where it's like if they get all three good of any one person's in there, then the good thing goes off. They get all three bad, then the bad thing goes off, and maybe the cauldron itself gives you the riddle right when you get in there they're like i am going to bring forth happiness i am going to bring forth sadness and if you want i'll give you a treat yeah (laughs) so do um, we do we like that that becomes like a basketball thing right like we're like trying to slam dunk shit into the cauldron so the players are the ones adding things to the cauldron and the cauldron's just stirring itself. Okay, so no moving around the different walls anymore. I like it moving around. That's, okay, I think so that's it's great. still like adding things to itself. I mean, I think maybe it's I think a role- that if you if you let the players add stuff, uh, if you let players add stuff to it, it gives them like, you know, they're partic- Yeah, it gives them agency. They're participating and crafting whatever is being brewed and then they have to deal with the results right so um if there's a number of ingredients equal to the number of players right so let's say there's four pcs in the room and you know two of them put in their good thing two of them put in their bad thing you get nothing that could actually that could be the puzzle. The puzzle is to end up with balance. You know that the yeah. the the cauldron itself is telling you what it's trying to do, and that you know both the sad and the 
joyful sides are portrayed as kind of manic, you know, like extremes. Um, and that the play, the puzzle is to get it to a balance. And then if you, if you reach that balance by putting the right ingredients in, then maybe the cauldron itself sort of shrinks down and becomes this magic item that you can then use oh. to give. Oh, it gifts. becomes the thing. Slow yeah. clap. Yeah. yeah, slow clap. That's it right there. <laughs> All right. Um, Steve, I think that's, I think that's brilliant. Uh, thoughts? Yeah, let's roll yeah. with that and figuring out the exact numbers will do that postscript, right? Like we have yeah, a good sure. idea of what the thing is. Yeah, I mean, you need some and, mechanic of tracking right. number of good and bad items, but yeah. So All we'll, right. we'll, we'll figure that out and we only get hung up on it. Yeah, it's a yeah. bad radio, uh, you know? But let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, which is finishing features. Four to the ceiling. We've got this room unlocked. Now for finishing features, a cherry on top. All right, here we are in finishing features. Before we dive in uh, to each of us putting our own little personal touch on this room, I'm just going to give a quick sort of uh, breakdown of what we've done so far. We started off with Cauldron, Sadness, and Fae-like. From there, we talked about a lot of movies. Um, just so many, so many movies have we talked about. It's true. Uh, the Black Cauldron, um, Willow, um, Beastmaster, Beastmaster, Amelie, Amelie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hellraiser, uh, Hellraiser, Batman. <laughs> All right. Um, so what we've got here is we've got a moving cauldron that is. It's a um, lot of ingredients in our cauldron, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and we're brewing the perfect film. Um. So when the players come in, they see items from their past um, that uh, correspond with good and bad uh, emotions or happiness and sadness. And the cauldron of sadness uh, will illuminate to them as soon as they come in that they are trying to um, unleash a, um, a realm of happiness or a realm of sadness um, upon this plane of existence. Uh, each of the players will contribute one of the items to the cauldron who will then stir itself. Um, and if balance is achieved, who knows how that works really? Um, then the, especially if there's five, <laughs> what if there's five player characters? <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> Fix it in post. Destroy um, or hide items, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the reward will become this small pouch that um, you can carry around with you. And when you draw forth from it, it can bring about either happiness or sadness in the person you present the item to. Um, we're going to do some finishing features on this room. Four to the ceiling. We've got this room unlocked. Now for finishing features, a cherry on top. And um, Gavin, uh, would you like to go first? Uh, what? what kind of finishing features yeah. what would you like to see in the room normally this is something that because uh, it is an illustrated room that we make so okay, normally something right. you might actually see in the room mm. once you get in there right right so um, just yeah just to clarify there certainly will be a drawing of this cauldron yeah um and uh there will probably also be already some knick tables yeah some mm. tables with knickknacks yeah, yeah. so you don't have to name those ones because they're kind mm. of already right, right. Um, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is lots of like uh, ladles and different spoons and things like that for stirring the cauldron oh and for like God, spooning yes. things in or out of it. <laughs> you, all right, so I'm going to bring in a movie again. Do you recall the film UHF? 
uh, with weird, <laughs> no, weird I've never out. seen that. Oh, uh, my gosh. It's a classic movie of my childhood for sure. Yeah. So there's a part in, so that's basically it's public access TV. And they Spatula have to, City. Spatula City. Yeah. That's <laughs> so it's a store that only sells spatulas and they just have like walls and walls of spatulas. So I'm Spatula imagining. Spatula City. Spatula City. I'm imagining Ladle City, right? So it's just, or Spoon City, right? And so it's just walls of spoons and ladles kind of like lining the walls. Of right, yeah, nice. That oh, I love awesome. that too. Also, there's those people that collect those like little silver spoons or whatever, those like little collectible teaspoons. spoons. Yeah, my grandma collected teaspoons. Yeah, uh, I love it. Right. Uh, for me, um in this room, I, I kind of just want the cauldron in there, but I can't shake the feeling that, uh, like I want witches. I kind of just want some witches in this room too. Like, um, and maybe they're just like cackling and they're just like here for the ride to see what happens. But I like the idea of just having like a good old fashioned, uh, maiden mother crone, combination of witches that are just like hanging out in the corner like maybe they like riding on their broomsticks (laughs) around the cauldron riding on broomsticks you know they're tidying up you know like they work for the cauldron maybe you know like they're like you know make sure all the tables look good when someone new comes in i don't know just putting people in there like fuck up the dynamic of like things appearing you know, do we ruin the ecology of this room with other living beings in it? I don't know. You tell it me. It doesn't matter. No. You want witches in there? Put some you witches in there. I want some witches in there. They're just <laughs> hanging out. They're like, uh, you know, give you advice, you know, like, or, I don't know. Who, who knows what these witches are? Yeah, maybe maybe to, they're but... more like observers. They're not like part of the puzzle necessarily. But yeah, they're not part of the puzzle. Yeah, they won't help you out with anything. They're just kind of cackling in the background, like watching the proceedings. Yeah, they're like, we love it when sadness overtakes us or happiness. You know, like maybe it's like part of their, uh, their fun. <laughs> uh, so that's it. I'm just going to put uh, three witches in a corner that are just like, there to hang <laughs> don't mind us <laughs> we're just we're just hanging out crocheting yeah just <laughs> cackling <laughs> um All right, okay Andrew, finishing feature for you yeah so i i want there to be a um uh like a heat source right so um you know the cauldron has to be over the heat so, you know, for the brewing to happen or whatever. So it's moving around, but there is also a, um, I don't know, is it like a wood burning stove or is it just an open fire? Maybe it's just like a uh, one of those coils, like on a... Um, like on a camping stove? Yeah, like a camping stove kind of thing. Yeah, maybe it's, that's what it is. It's just like one of those just red heated coils, coils. A heated coil, yeah. Um, uh, Andrew, I like the idea of it being in the middle of like each wall, right? Like ceiling, floor, wall. So when it moves to another one, just kind of like saddles on down into the coil. Uh, oh, go on, go on, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, uh, no, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not that? So, okay, so on each 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 side of this yeah on each surface there is one somewhere on the surface right so not only is is that the way that the cauldron goes you know to like from one surface to the other but also like it will do damage to you if you get too close to it 
right? Don't touch, it's hot. Um, so, the witches are like, boil, boil, warm coil is trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly that. So, um, and I and I think um, uh, uh, something that could be kind of cool about these is, you know, uh, like one of them, it's they're only hot at one time, right? So uh, you could be standing on it and not like really realize it. And then when the cauldron moves onto your surface, the surface that you're on, the one that it was on, like cools down and the one that it moves onto heats up. So, um, you know, just kind of like a fun, you know, like in the, um, uh, the X-Men side scrolling video game and you have the fire that just comes up from the floor suddenly, you know. Let me tell you, this room is feeling a lot like a video game, honestly. <laughs> it does yeah, feel like imagining it like yeah, isometric kind of video yeah, game. And you pick up an item, you run it over, like yeah. plop it into the thing, you run between walls, the whole screen shifts on you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, there I it think, is. Yeah, I think we have a pretty good uh, little puzzle room there, which is <laughs> kind of odd. Uh we're at this part now where we name the room. I think Cauldron of Sadness is a great title. I would go for uh, Anne's joy. Or like, well, I was going to say that I like the idea that like they argue and they're like the happy one is like, why is it the cauldron of sadness? I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's okay. <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> or cauldron of sadness and joy. That's also pretty good. What do you think, Andrew? I, I mean, I think just cauldron of sadness. Yeah, yeah. I was leaving yeah. there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's too good. <laughs> I was there. At I the just like the yeah. dynamic between them too. It's like ah, this good, and the happy one can't be mad about it. Like it's not. Yeah, it's just nature. Not <laughs> so, Gavin, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Um, I want to point out at this stage that um, if you have not already checked out the Dolmenwood Kickstarter. Please uh, go check it out. Um, there'll be a link down in the show notes. You can also just go to kickstarter.com and type in Dolmenwood, D-O-L-M-E-N-W-O-D, Dolmenwood. And, um, you know, give it a back. It's, you're already going to get all this stuff. There's so much cool stuff going on in this Kickstarter. Um uh, Gavin, aside from uh, aside from like obviously the Kickstarter, um, where can our listeners get in touch with you, track you down on socials, follow you, follow you, etc. Um, well, uh, necroticgnome.com is the kind of central location for everything. There's also also dolmanwood.com, um, so easy, both easy kind of addresses to remember. Um, I live also necrotic gnome across socials for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live on I live on the moon of Io. So if anyone wants to track me down there, then go for it. (laughs) Get in your rocket ship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. um, Before we get out of here, I'm going to turn it over to our producer Zach, who is going to give us our announcements as though he is the Horned King from the amazing um, feature-length Disney animated film, The Black Cauldron.
join our very own Tiger Wizard on the third and most likely final chapter of Sky of Crimson Flame this Saturday, 7 to 9 Eastern Standard Time on the Goodman Games Twitch channel. Dungeon Cats is a light, rules, casual TTRPG that has a pre-launch page live on Kickstarter. Labor Day weekend. Play games with us at Dragon Con. We would be playing Mystic Punks and Old School Essentials. Friday at 9, Saturday at 9, and Sunday at 1. Monsters, Mazes, Martinis, and Minotaurs. The Epic Levels Armor Classici Dungeon is now available for purchase at Exalted Funeral. <laughs> Shivers. Oh, I've got wow. shivers after that. <laughs> Gavin, are you okay? Gavin looks shook. Yeah. <laughs> Shaken to the cold. All right. Thank you so much, Gavin, for being on the show. This has been super yes. fun. Yeah, that was cool. That was really fun. Hopefully, uh, all our PCs do a good job and not uh, unleashing uh, unrelenting sadness or happiness into the world. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's fine. I don't know. I like a good cry here and there. But thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. It was really fun. awesome thanks so much steve producer zach thanks for all the help always all right all right guys till next time see you next time thanks for listening to the epic levels mad dungeon podcast let us know if you pop this room into one of your games or if you run any of our other adventures we'd love to hear from you you can support us via patreon at patreon.com slash epic levels your support helps make this podcast possible subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player leave a comment and tell your friends and slay your enemies follow us on instagram and twitter at epic underscore levels join our mailing list at epic levels the epic levels mad dungeon podcast is hosted by andrew Bulleri. Rob Bellary and Steve Albertson produced by Zach Cowan theme song by Epic Levels and beat by Interesting aka Mason Grant who also makes tabletop games that you can purchase at GammaWaveGames.com and until next time may your crits be plentiful and your fumbles few <laughs> <laughs>